0: Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sakalaski author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie.
1: Yes, here I am. And here's TD Industries again. We are in for a really noteworthy show today from our loyal sponsor, a year now, TD Industries a company that has developed over 73 years a culture that lives its values and demonstrates servant leadership on a daily basis in other words they're doing it right mr jack low historically i'll tell you about this founded td 73 years ago he was a world war ii veteran and he really did understand the benefits of those talented people who serve our country whether in military or in the government roles and he realized that they had a lot to offer to bring to the community. That was his mindset when he started TD. Now, as a premier facilities maintenance, plumbing service, and mechanical construction provider, TD is based in Dallas, offices all throughout Texas and Phoenix, and they help customers reach their goals. That's what they're about all throughout the building life cycle. Now, I've titled today's segment, Improvement Starts with I Link Up. Be ready to comment during the show. We're going to talk about this very thing, I Link Up, and how the city of San Antonio is reconstructing City Hall. We have on the show today two fabulous guests. First, uh, let me welcome, listen to this name. It's almost as bad as Sokolowski. Carol warka chesky carol did i say it right you did how about congratulations that? <laughs> i practiced it all night <laughs> and don't you get tired of saying the spelling no i don't you it's don't right
2: no not at all
1: you know when I met Doug many years ago my husband I'm gonna take this off now when I met Doug uh, my first thought was oh wow and I really did I fell in love with him like immediately but my second thought was with a name like Grant I thought oh my gosh (laughs) I don't know did you have to take it on yeah yeah yeah. what are my
2: kids gonna do and they have to learn how to spell it well they learned how to spell it by kindergarten (laughs) and all's well so they got a head start on the alphabet
1: and, and it's memorable. They don't forget us.
2: It's true. And there's only a few of us in Texas, so that's <laughs> that, good. <laughs> there you go. Legacy. Yeah.
1: So um, Carol is the founder of I Link Up, and I'm going to ask her to explain that in just a minute. But I also want to welcome on our show Greg Bailey with TD. Do you want to wear the hat?
3: I'm good. good. I don't (laughs) want to mess up my hair.
1: (laughs) Thanks. Greg, who is from San Antonio also, is the business development manager for TD. Mm -hmm. And we just met, but I hear, and your reputation and your brand is, that you really do have a keen eye for detail, which is important in the industry that you're in. Where did that keen eye come from?
3: I think it's just working in this industry for about two and a half years and prior to that working for a company called Aerotech, doing staffing for our customers and just making sure that we had it right before we you know, delivered a candidate to them, make sure that it, they checked all the boxes and make sure we had the details.
1: What do, you love, what do you love most, most now about being in this industry, Greg?
3: Every day is different. Every day is different. We're and honestly, we're truly working with our customers to, to help them attain their goals. I mean, with it, be it with their their projects, their buildings, whatever the case may be. I mean, helping them solve problems.
1: Solving problems—that's what we all do every day, don't we? Every one of us listening today. Mm-hmm. So let me go back, Carol, to you, uh, and I want to ask about first of all, what is I linked up?
2: Okay, I link up is the pronunciation of an acronym. I dash. L-I-N-C-P, which stands for Institute for Leadership in Capital Projects. Oh my god, okay
1: (laughs) I link up, I like that. So
2: it's just my little side job if you will, or my passion and I put this together. Do you want me to tell you a little bit about? I do, absolutely. About kind of the formation of it. Yes. Um, and uh, also, I should probably tell people I'm a senior architect with the city of San Antonio in managing the city hall renovation project right now. But I link Up is a side project that I started. Actually, it's a nonprofit organization organized in 2010 in the state of Texas with the intention to bring people together within our design and construction industry to learn from each other and to build more collaborative relationships and share information on an equal basis. So we uh, liken ourselves to a Switzerland. So we're not in it for the architect or the engineer or the contractor or the facility owner, but we're in it for the entire project and for our industry as a whole, for us all to get better at what we do and to collaborate.
1: So let's go to, to just even the beginning of uh, how that passion came about. Tell us how you became
2: an architect, oh. what's your story? Okay, so um, my father was an engineer and actually worked on some very large design construction projects. And um, I used to go to his office every once in a while on a Saturday. He'd go in on a Saturday. And I remember sitting at his big drafting table. That was in the days when they, of course, Mm -hmm. no CAD, no computers, but they had the old drafting machines and uh, lots of triangles and colored pencils and things like that. And I used to love just playing on on his drafting table and drawing. I think that's where I honestly got the initial bug for it. And uh, so my dad did project management and cost control on some very large projects. We moved around a lot, and I got into uh, more really interested in high school in art. But then I decided I really wanted to apply my art in something, what I would call productive. Okay, more something that's more tangible. So that's why I decided to get into architecture because that was the built environment with artistic application to it but also then assisted people in being uh because architecture improves who we are the built environment improves who we are so that's how i started that
1: okay so tell us more about that because i hadn't really thought about my my husband studied architecture
2: okay and
1: he too is an artist so that Uh goes together obviously (laughs) but i've never talked with anyone carol who talks about how it affects people that was your That's kind of what you were saying, an
2: environment. Right. So, yeah, it's been kind of an interesting journey. And uh, I'm remembering back to when I first started my college career, and I was in environmental design, which is about the built environment. And I did a lot of uh, classes in environmental psychology, which is about how our environment affects us psychologically, people. Hmm. And I believe that's where I really started to the seed for how we can work better together started to germinate and so over the years of doing project management I'd always be paying attention to what are the things that make a project go well or what makes it go poorly and I ended up uh, in 2005 actually getting a master's in organizational leadership and ethics What? yes so I I really realized that it's about the people it's always about the people how can we work better together because that is what makes our industry get things done in spite of ourselves sometimes Mm -hmm. and so um, having worked in so many projects i said i want to do something that is going to benefit our industry not just a project and that's when i started the institute for leadership in capital projects or i link up in order to help facilitate us improving as an industry
1: is there any other organization
2: like that,
1: Carol? Like not Link-up, that I'm aware of. No. I don't know, Greg. Are you No, I'm not familiar? aware of anything. And, and you're quite taking like it. You're taking one of the courses. So tell us about the courses that you offer for so, the industry.
3: Yeah, this is the first annual, right? The yeah. Institute for Collaborative Project Delivery. And so we're bringing folks, it's really a, a cross-section of the industry in San Antonio from owners to GCs
1: and GC is what for general our contractor, yeah, okay, yeah. Thank and then you.
3: your major subcontractors in the room as well. And it's really it's teaching us, and not not so much teaching us how to get along, but it is. Is it, it? You know, It's it's teaching us different ways to get along and to resolve differences. Like come what? In Agreement.
1: Give us an example. You know,
3: it's um, this you know, is a always, test. There's always yeah, right. I know, <laughs> I'm know. Yeah, i like okay, I want to hear yeah. what you learned. perked up. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's putting us into different situations, sometimes role plays, and right. how to resolve conflict together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that way it's not a, it's not a, it's not a one way street. It's not a. There's, you know, so many times you've got it. Somebody has to win. Somebody has to lose, right? Within a teaming,
1: us, you mean within right, the team? Mm-hmm. In
3: this environment, where hey, how do we all win? Mm-hmm. How can we all win and come together and move forward and build a better project or build a better relationship coming out of it?
1: Okay, so that's interesting and that certainly relates to any team in any industry, any team wants to work Mm -hmm. more collaboratively together. So describe why maybe that's more difficult in your industry when you have the team that has the GC and you and the owner and the architect. So you've got this team, what is it that wouldn't be collaborative?
3: when ego gets in the way when ego gets in the way you've got someone there or some entity or some stakeholder in the project who wants to see they they have their idea of their goal and what is right what they feel is right Mm -hmm. versus the common good for the project team and what's best ultimately what's best for the owner
1: yeah which is the goal right right
3: right, and then all coming together because in these situations you bring all these folks together if one person loses, a lot of times the entire project loses.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And so
3: it's really ensuring that the everyone on that project is going to be successful, is going to make money, going to be happy, going to learn, and ultimately delivering a Deliver better project, project to the project. owner.
2: And I think this is not it's not completely just a design construction industry issue, but I think, you know, readers can or listeners can uh pay attention to some of the projects or things that they're doing in their own jobs and think about how do they bring together you have to have a team Mm -hmm. and yet some of those team members may have different ideas about what is success for them and so as a delivery as a design construction delivery team we have to think about what is the best for the whole not just for getting like greg said getting what i need but what is best to deliver this project so at the end of the day we can still love each other, you know? That's important. We're not, we're not we, you know, we're putting the knives away, we're not, you know. So uh, sometimes we have contracts that put us at odds because of the contract. So it's kind of this basis of our relationship and yet what I tell people is in our industry, in spite of those contracts, we get stuff done. Mm-hmm. We get our projects done. The building is built. The building is built, sometimes with uh, with ease and grace and sometimes not so much, but we want to have it done with ease and grace. We want it at the end of the day to be proud of it and to feel very good about the partners that we worked with to accomplish this wonderful thing so
1: that then Carol is where your passion for starting I up came from yes to teach <clears throat> to, excuse me to teach uh, people in the industry how to best practices I'll just say mm-hmm. best practices yes
2: yes and because what often happens um, is that we get entrenched in the project that we're doing, and we get very invested in it.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: sometimes it's difficult for us to step out of that project and to be able to look at this holistically and say, oh, wow, let's let's get better at what we're doing. It's just human nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to pull everybody outside mm-hmm. of your project. Now, we're not uh, talking about Greg and I, talking about how we can do better on this project. Instead we're talking about what can we learn from each other to get better together.
1: Mm. That, like you said, that goes to any industry and any team. So let's talk about San Antonio and City Hall and just for context to our listeners, San Antonio was uh, is, is one of the oldest cities in Texas established in 1718 and then I I did my homework four <laughs> years later City Hall was established and this is the first time in all these years that you're doing a renovation
2: so tell us about tell us about the project sure sure so uh I mean the you know the building has undergone some renovations over the you know last number of years However, this is a very major renovation, so uh, people that have ever been to San Antonio who have seen, been in City Hall, might have remembered if they visited their city council people, a kind of a rabbit's war and sort of, you know, over the years how things can get kind of messy. So we are gutting the interior, we're putting in a brand new mechanical system and TD is helping us with that. Um, we're doing we've cleaned the outside of the building now it looks it's gleaming it's it's beautiful not
1: changing it though just cleaning it. cleaning the
2: outside we're also adding on a, uh, a new entrance on the east side of City Hall mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's gonna be beautiful it's gonna be amazing so it's it's a great project it's a design mm-hmm. build what is design build Greg what is design build
3: Carol I think you had a, a perfect Definition of it earlier when we were talking. Well, Can you show it's that?
2: sure it is uh, on a design-build contract. And you're the, saying B-U-I-L-D, design B U I L D, design-build, correct? Design dash B U I L D. So that's when the designer, mm-hmm. the architects and engineers, and the builders, which are the general contractors and then subcontractors, mm-hmm. they have a contract together, and then the facility owner has a contract with the design-build team lead. The lead is typically the general contractor. And it's a great way to bring in a collaboration between the designer, the architects, engineers, and the contractors. On more typical projects you would have the design that's done first and then the design team hands it off to the contractor. And we hope that the design team has done a good job uh, in their design. but the contractor may have some other ideas that have not been able to come to the table. So with the design build, what's awesome about that and that, this collaboration is that they get to work together and hope, hopefully solve some problems early on. And what's interesting on a renovation project, there's a lot of things that come up you can imagine during construction mm. so the designer and the contractor then are joined at the hip to help solve those problems together with the owner
1: so interesting
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and it sounds so simple why why isn't everyone doing that <laughs> collaboration from the beginning which
3: it's just something different yeah right and it's the fear of the unknown sometimes mm-hmm. i think where like carol said that what's awesome about this model is it you're bringing everyone together as a team from the get-go, from the beginning, from the Mm -hmm. inception. You're defining what, all right, you're kind of laying out the, the vision, really. Hey, I mean, you know, from the owner's perspective, this is, end of the day, in five years, this is what I want to look back, and this is what I want people to write about this project. And you're defining that vision and then you're as a team you're going through and you're holding that vision at the forefront of everything all the decision making processes as you go through
1: mm-hmm.
3: as you go from design into the, into the build process
1: Oh, well, that it sounds so simple and so it, We. best practice yeah so you've been working now as a team for how long in this project a year or so mm-hmm. yeah and it'll be finished when next year next year mid 2020. okay uh, I'd love to hear again just make putting it in perspective of any team what has worked well in the year you year you've been together uh, in this way of collabor collaborating mm-hmm. what's worked really well that's proof of the pudding
2: well we've done we did a couple things uh, early on and un- unfortunately at that time TD wasn't yet involved in the project but what we one of the things we did uh, with the design, Build team is and with our stakeholders as we developed our owner project requirements. What is that? It's a way to help get the elephants in the room, as as Greg would say, <laughs> or get the get those really what did the you sacred call it? Cows. the sacred? Sorry, not the the elephants in the room, but sacred cows. the sacred cows. But elephants in the room can also <laughs> come out too, out too there which there is just too a important. different animal. Yeah. It's oh, a yeah, different exactly. animal. Yeah. So the sacred cows are what are the things that are super important and the elephants in the room are like what are the things that could really you know put us down here but to get all that stuff out early on very early and then that becomes part of the document that is put together in a program uh, that then helps develop the design and into construction so everything from um, how is this building going to be maintained what's our most impactful things we want to make sure we do for this project to at the end of the day what's our vision what is it that is most important to us what do we want the experience to be for the visitors for the people that are going to be actually using the building what do we want them to have so one of the things that was so important for us is that we have what we call a city hall for all so this okay. is why we are redoing the east entry and putting in new uh, accessible handicap accessible ramps because we didn't have that before so Mm -hmm. folks in wheelchairs had to go in the back door so this is one of the vision statements uh, that was so important and to make when you go into City Hall to feel so proud of it and that this is our seat of government Mm -hmm. for the city of San Antonio so having being really clear Mm -hmm. on those expectations early on helps everybody get focused on the end game on the goals of the project and have that shared vision. It's so important for the team. Uh, yes, yeah, go and ahead. I
3: think you know. In addition to the goals that you're setting out, and, and you know the expectations, I think it's important too in that early collaboration to identify really the blind spots and where no, you know. I mean, each yeah. trade here, hey, here's where I think we're going to have some yeah. trouble. So let's work together. Let's make sure that we're we're putting some effort and some some time into that and, and problem solve that at the beginning and plan for it. That way when it does come up, it's not, you know, the Absolutely. elephant in the room. Right.
2: Absolutely. And revisit it's so, those blind spots It's probably. so important right. not to put our heads in the sand and think everything's mm-hmm. going to be perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. Because there is no perfect project. Mm-hmm. I've never been on a perfect project. Yeah, Have no, you? No. No, no. <laughs> no. no. There's always something. So, yeah.
1: right. <laughs> Well, you know, what, what's coming to my mind as you're talking about this back to any team is um, – when you said get the egos out of the room or get the ego egos, our own ego, out, what I find in working with teams is that's really a great way to say it without saying it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But don't we all come to a project, any project, with our own ideas, with our own thoughts about how it needs to be done. And it's the leader's responsibility to set the stage and to always keep clarifying the goals. Where I'm going with this, Greg, is when you said or you said the elephant in the room and the blind spots as well. How often have you come back on a fairly often basis to just keep reinforcing these things?
2: not often enough (laughs) yeah unfortunately i mean thank you for being honest yeah honestly because we we get like into the nitty-gritty yep we get into the day-to-day and the the fire that's happening right in front of our faces Mm -hmm. and unfortunately i think we need to do a better job as stepping back and saying hey everybody remember remember where we're supposed to be going here Mm -hmm. and yes we have this fire we have to deal with that and let's just come back to our big goal, our vision mm-hmm. for the project. And that's, you know, I think uh, in servant leadership, that's, I, I want to bring that up because mm-hmm. uh, TD Industries has built their company on the foundation of servant leadership. It's something that I link up and the leadership and collaborative project delivery course mm-hmm. focuses on. And those servant leaders, when you're a servant leader, you're helping build up the team. Yes, it's not just about the ego. It is not, matter of fact. It hopefully it's ego less, mm-hmm. to a certain degree, and so that those servant leaders need to always help remind people and bring up and hold up equally all the team members, exactly. so that everybody can mm-hmm. can excel and know that they are such an important part of the getting this thing done.
1: And and TD at the very beginning was a part of. Helping you
2: start, I link up. I link up, yes. Um, Bob Richards was an original board member. And Jack Lowe was one of our keynote presenters at our very first forum. And I just hold that very dear to my heart, the the principles of servant leadership. Mm -hmm. We were
1: talking before the show about what this does is it builds trust. Mm -hmm. And that is such a resonating word these days. Everyone in business is talking about how to build trust. And, Greg, you said something uh, at breakfast about working together along the way and even vetting teams now that you go out in your business development area and find projects for and how important that trust from the beginning is. And I ask you a question I want you to address now, which is, how do you know if you have found a client, I'll put it in my terms, a client, a project that has the ability to have a great trust relationship? How do you, in your old staffing days, how do you vet a client relationship?
3: Sure. It's, you know, it, it doesn't start when the project is announced. I mean, you typically I've, we've been talking to the contractor or the owner, sometimes with City hall and, and some of the things you had going on a year, year and a half in advance.
1: Really, that long. Trying mm-hmm. to
3: understand what the project is going to be. understand what the opportunity is for TD industries and if it's a good if I think it's, it's a good fit, then bringing that back to the, the team in the office and saying, hey guys and gals, I think this is a really great fit. And I'm selling TD out in the market, but I'm also selling the project internally as well, mm-hmm. in, in terms of why I think it's going to, going to be a good fit, why it's going to be successful, why we're all gonna learn and have fun at the end of the day. But you know, backing up and kind of vetting it out from the, from the GC perspective or the customer perspective, you know, sometimes it's a gut feel. I mean, go sometimes with your it's gut. yeah, go with your gut, right? And then sometimes it's just how you feel in your heart about the people that you're talking to. I mean, you you talk to enough people, you have a pretty good idea of, you know, hey, I, you know, this this is a pretty genuine. This is a good feeling about this project. I mean, and try to, try like, trying to get out of the financials mm-hmm. of well, this project's going to make us money. Yeah, it mm-hmm. might make us money. It might not make us money.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But are we going to build a good relationship? are we going to are our partners going to learn td partners are they going to learn something to pick up new skills that's going to translate and carry on to the next project Mm -hmm. so it's it's more than just hey is this kind of the go is it a go or is it a not not a go i mean there's a lot of different factors that go into it
1: back to your staffing how does this relate to hiring let's go back to that your Mm -hmm. days of staffing and and a sense of is this a right person for a position What kinds of uh, ideas can you give our listeners about selecting people to come to work at your company? How do you know you're picking the right one?
3: I mean, you got to think about your culture and really understand and and define your culture.
1: How do you bring that out to the to the uh, interviewee?
3: You know, it's a lot of questions. I mean, unfortunately, sometimes. Well, you know, sometimes you don't have the luxury of time to make a hiring decision. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is. I mean, somewhat of a, a gut decision, you know, where you you got to sit down with the person and, you know, sometimes you just got to take a chance. So you know, it, but other times you do. You know, you I, I what I've been telling folks internally, it's like, look, it's as hot as the construction market is right now. The job market's hotter, and so I think we're less than three percent unemployment.
1: Isn't that great? So
3: everyone, yeah, great. it's it's a great problem to have, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're in the in the workforce, mm-hmm. you're gainfully employed, and hopefully you're you're making money and you're learning, you're you're happy. But at the same time, for the the companies it's a lot harder harder to to find those right people. And so I think if you're posting, if you're just putting out job postings, and you know, then you put your posting out and you wait for some the right person to come along and apply. You're going to be waiting quite a long time because everybody's working, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I've been telling folks, even internally and, and with other customers, you just got to keep networking. You've got to keep networking and talking to people. And you're going to find those right people. And when you do, even if they don't have construction experience, they're a good cultural fit. Mm-hmm. And they've got a good work ethic. And you know you can, you're, they're, they're teachable, trainable. Uh-huh. And take a chance on them.
1: And so, good advice, good advice. Now, take it to, I'm going here with you because of your experience in staffing, sure. but I think it relates to building a team of any industry, too. Um, there are so many people, Greg, now who are being forced into the job market through mergers, acquisitions, downsizing, right sizing, whatever size you want to call it. Right. And and those are the people coming into the job search market that haven't needed to do that before. And um, what advice would you give someone at a more senior level to come into wanting to work, let's say, at TD Industries?
3: Sure. Do your homework. You know, I mean, you've got to. I mean, if it's not on the website. I would. I'd ne- recommend again going back to networking. Network. I mean, this old-fashioned thing mm-hmm. called the telephone.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, pick it up and call people that might that you're probably not too far removed if you're in the industry from someone mm-hmm. that you know that you could pick up the phone and call somebody that knows somebody that work, works TD. There
1: you go.
3: And find out about them. Hey, you know what? I know. I know what's on the website, right? And that nobody puts anything bad on the website or on social media. What's really going on? inside those walls during the day and get a good feel for it and make an informed decision i mean i i did that i don't know if you remember wesley baker Mm -hmm. running the san antonio office we'd cross paths at a few different networking functions and finally he he was asking me if i knew somebody i thought he was asking me to go recruit him somebody to to do this position because that had recently come available and um and finally after a few times he said no dummy <laughs> I'm talking about you are you interested in this position yeah and I went back and did my homework and called some folks and, uh-huh. and kind of and studied up on it and, and I made that move two and a half years ago and I couldn't be happier isn't that great I couldn't be happier and I, well, I think and there's
2: you mentioned that you met him you had that connection through you know I link up but there's other associations no. that you know I don't but honestly I don't know if there's any one association that is quite the same as I link up that actually, right. it does link up people,
0: mm-hmm. which Absolutely. is interesting, First,
2: that's, it, the, it, that's the, the, yes, that's the name. Well, the name didn't come from that, but the pronunciation came from that, mm-hmm. uh, because that's what we help to do, is, is link people together.
3: Yeah, yeah. 100%, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, and I can say that I've built many lasting relationships through link up, and it's, it's a great organization, because it's, I think it's just the difference. It, it's not the difference, but it's the diversity that mm-hmm. of the folks that come together mm-hmm. i mean from early on in the, in the design or owners designers the companies out there digging and doing the archaeology studies <laughs> to the subcontractors to, to us that are there and it's it's pretty cool to be able to come together with a diverse group and just hear everyone's struggles and realize that you know this isn't unique to td this is it's life
1: it's life right <laughs> no, nothing's unique to any one one sure. industry so it, carol as i linked up um available to anyone in the industry across the country
2: it is i mean we're we're national but right now we only have chapters in texas but you're going to we would love to to. expand we would love to expand we you know we don't quite have the bandwidth yet for that Mm -hmm. um but if somebody's interested in starting a chapter we can help that happen make that happen and it's i mean i've had some interest in other states Just haven't quite been able to go there yet.
1: (laughs) Well, so give us—we may have listeners who are in some uh, part of the industry and be interested in learning more. Where would? Sure.
2: So our website is www.i-l-i-n-c-p.org. So you can definitely go our website. We have a lot of information on our website and uh, you can find all the contact information about that. Uh, We do have people attend our conferences from all over the the United States. Mm -hmm. We have a forum, uh, our annual forum coming up in April. We have a women's forum in January in San Marcos. It's our fifth annual. So we're doing a lot, I mean we're just, uh, our chapter levels are doing monthly uh, events and then we have our annual events as well. So. We're trying so to get out there.
1: <laughs> once again, you're putting together your O.D. experience with your art and architecture and and people, masters it's, and ev-
2: it's always about amazing. the people. It's always about mm. the people. It's always about the people. Absolutely.
1: So going on that note, the people. The other thing that I thought was fascinating, Greg, at uh, breakfast when you talked about uh, getting the the how did you say it? The vision of the person's idea of what they want in a project. Sure. Tell us how you go about doing that because you're right. If you can understand what's in the heart and the mind of your client, then you're going to be able to deliver and over deliver expectations. Sure. So tell us what you did.
3: Ask questions. Crazy, right? But it's (laughs) um, you know this idea of design, build, or even just early involvement of the subcontractors, sometimes those that vision and kind of the you know the goals of the project, the, the sacred cows as it may be, mm-hmm. they're defined early on with the owner and the design team. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily translate down into our level to the subcontractors, mechanical and plumbing. So, you know, yeah. it's hey, look, here are the plans, go out and follow, you know, follow the blueprints right go out there and build this just
1: tactical right Mm
3: -hmm. whereas those projects where we're brought in and we're involved early on and we're working with the owner and we're hearing their vision we get that buy-in right because he said hey i was woke up one morning on my jog and here's what i'm thinking i need you know I've, i've got this vision of hotel downtown bars and restaurants everywhere more more dense i guess than the typical hotel and that's that's precious to me. That's something that I can't compromise on. Mm. And so when you hear the owner telling you, "Hey, this is my pre- this is my vision. Mm-hmm. This is what I hold near and dear to my heart about this project." And this is when I look back and and I write articles about this project, or they're writing articles about this project. That is what I, this is. These are the things that I want to make sure that I'm highlighting. And so the further you can filter that vision down the down the down the chain I guess for the project the better right mm-hmm. I mean the more everyone collaboratively comes together for the vision the more buy in we're going to have and the more vested we're going to be in making sure that we deliver a good project
2: and there's nothing like hearing it directly from that project owner oh yeah there's there's nothing that can i mean it could be written on a piece of paper but when you hear it directly from that owner that just it makes it real
3: it, it, it hooks you. It hooks you, know, I mean, it's you. Like yeah. You realize, okay, there's some accountability around this.
2: Yes. We got to mm-hmm. make sure
3: that we're not, you know what I mean, we're not doing anything to, to deviate from their vision. So
1: mm-hmm. what did the city hall project say? The person that you were saying this, tell us your sacred cows, tell us your, <laughs> yeah. What
2: was that like? Well, that's when we really worked on those owner project requirements and to uh, make sure that we had this city hall for all that that people when they went in the building they were proud of it they were happy to be there happy to work there whereas the environment that people were working in before i mean like i mentioned it was a it was like a rabbit warren you know it was these little side offices and, and everybody all the uh, all the you know upper leadership executive leadership had their offices on the outside so they they got the windows and all the worker bees we're on oh. the inside and they didn't have any light, any access to that. So now we have uh, a more equitable arrangement so that we make sure that the the folks, you know, the admin or other, you know, not the executive leadership people have more access to that natural light. So we have window or glass wall, you know, glass doors and walls. And so that's part of this uh, city hall for all. It's just, I think that's a great. Um, you know, vision right
1: there. And did you bring all these people, the the employees that are going to work there, did you bring them together at any point to say what kind of an environment would be
2: nice we, to have? Yeah, we had some, not everybody, but mm-hmm. we had representatives. I yeah. think that's a great
1: thing. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: it is, yeah. So
1: I asked you all to think about, just in uh, in your work life and in the leaders that you are, to share with us things from your own experience that might be helpful to any industry, to any person that you've experienced. Challenges or things that have worked for you. What would you share? I'll just throw it out there. Who's got an idea to share? Well,
2: I would say, uh, listen that's a big one (laughs) it is a huge one and we don't get no one teaches us that in school no you know where are you going to learn that Uh, you have to learn it from somebody else or experience what not listening gets you and what listening does get you so listening gets you understanding when there's understanding you can solve problems better
1: why is it that there's such an emphasis on listening why are we not listening why are we really? not listening why are we not listening that's so simple yes
2: it's important Ego. to listen Ego's oh, we think really? we have all the answers hmm. that could be one <laughs> I'm not looking at you because you, yeah, I... um, <laughs> you know
3: I think that's that's, that's huge right and you know it's funny yeah. because you go into even just you know routine meetings in the office and you can tell when somebody's waiting to talk oh you sure versus can. listening yep you mean they're not engaged they're just kind of they're waiting to, to get uh-huh. in and kind of get their two cents in, right? Versus really sitting and actively listening and participating in the conversation.
1: Okay, now, here's a really important question about that. So I'm in your meeting. I know I need to listen. It's easy for me to get diverted. How do you really listen? How do you force yourself to do that, Greg?
3: You're participating. Okay. You're, you're active right I mean you're either you're taking notes or you're rephrasing and asking questions about you know trying to help that person cultivate their idea
1: mm-hmm yeah I want to tag on that with something that I thought was so powerful when I received my certification as an executive coach one of the main things that was said it was a simple simple statement but it had, it resonated on this very note and they said when you are getting ready to have your coaching call or meeting, come to it with a clean whiteboard Mm -hmm. of your mind. They called it a clean slate. Now I'm a really visual person, so that I was visualizing it as I heard this person say it. And they went on to say what that looks like is, here's the how to, forget whatever you were doing before Come to the meeting with nothing on your mind, but what the objective of the meeting is going to be. And don't come with any preconceived ideas or prejudices of what might have happened at the last meeting and so forth. So that visual of clean
2: slate, is that good to you? That's excellent. Isn't it? It is. And, you know, when you talk about uh, put aside what might have happened before because that's one of the things that mm-hmm. I think uh, we can have a problem with. If, if And I'm gonna speak from the con- design construction industry. Mm-hmm. If as an owner, I have had maybe a not great experience on a project with a contractor X and uh, I'm bringing contractor A in to do a project, I may all of a sudden, that I've had that experience with contractor X that was not good and now I have that filter Mm-hmm. And now I'm laying that filter on contractor A, who's an innocent, you know, they, they haven't done anything yet, but all of a sudden you have that, that idea and expectation. So I think this clean slate is a, is really awesome for us all to remember that, you know, from a project side, every project is unique and we need to come to it with basically open arms open arms i like that so i'll just leave it at that that's a good one listening <laughs> okay
1: what else carol do you have a tip for us on
2: leadership respect other people's point of view and that comes with with the listing mm-hmm. you know understand that you have ideas you have experience awesome fantastic we <laughs> love you for that now remember that the other person sitting across from your table has their ideas and by the way their slate may not be clean yet so we need to help clean their slate you know and uh, so when I I love to come to a project and do a partnering session and that's a way to help clean that slate and then get out okay what do we expect from each other Um, so when you can do that that's another that's just another best practice at the beginning and get that team just get them marching down Mm -hmm. the same path together that's good
1: Anything else you'd like to add, either of you, about no, the project? I think, I
3: mean, you, you mentioned working with the team. I think it, it's just it's having a genuine concern, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. A genuine care Wanting
2: Wanting I mean, everybody to be successful. Right. Yeah. Right. Got and your I mean, back. Those are just, yeah. Yeah, you
3: just at, the, at your core, as a leader, uh-huh. if you don't genuinely care about your people, mm-hmm. and then I don't, I don't really know that you're in the right role. Right. You're not doing you it gotta, right, anyway. Right. I mean, yeah. You know, especially as as a father, I mean, my two daughters. I want to make sure that they've got they care for people, and it's not just about them and what they want. I mean, it should, and it's, that's that's got to carry through. Yeah. To your daily, into oh, your meetings, and in and out of your meetings, and then with your customers too, because then it'll show through. It will. And I'll, the customers will understand that. Okay, this guy, this company cares about what mm-hmm. is important to me.
1: Yeah. And that goes back to culture of a company, of a family, of our government. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) If people, seriously, I'll Mm -hmm. get philosophical here, but really, if people just thought about other people instead of their own little agendas, we would be much better off in business and everywhere else. I have one final uh, question that came to me just now, so I'll throw it out there, and it has to do with the archaeology. So I'm just curious, as you're really digging deep down, you said digging down into the ground, you mentioned archaeology. Did you find anything really exciting? Not super exciting. No. We we
2: found some remains of some old uh, walls of Presidio, Uh kind of the original uh, uh, Presidio. Seat that was their government. I see, um, but no, it wasn't like that exciting. Didn't so find any relics. No, or no, no, diamonds no, or no bones, which is a good thing. No cannons, <laughs> yeah. no cannonballs. So what we do is we locate that, and we have archaeologists come out and locate Ew. those items. Mm-hmm. And if there is anything that we find uh, that we want to um, take out, we will do that, and then that goes to. Uh, special safekeeping, mm-hmm. but otherwise if it's a wall or something that will remain in place we just make sure we know where it is going to be for future reference and, and we we go, ooh, ah, and uh-uh. everybody gets excited and the contractor's wondering why we're delaying the project, but it's okay.
1: <laughs> you know, how exciting, just in bringing closure to this segment, <clears throat> I think it's so exciting to be able to, for both of you, uh, those in the industry to go by now City Hall a year from now, whenever it's yeah. finished, yeah. and say to your two <clears throat> girls, I did I did this, mm-hmm. I was a part of this. And, a fi- and from the architectural standpoint, yeah. I, I designed this. Mm-hmm. I think that would just be really, really special to have something Absolutely.
2: physical up there to see. That is the great part of our industry, mm-hmm. is we get to look back and say, I was a part of this. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's a legacy. That's why I love this industry.
3: Mm -hmm. You know? Absolutely.
2: I think you've
1: given us some great ideas of why the industry is so fabulous. And I know many, many more women are getting into of uh, the trades and mm-hmm. that sort of thing so mm-hmm. things are a changing and you gave us such great insights today thank you so much thank i can't you. wait to go down to san antonio now and <laughs> good and see it maybe even before so i can go i remember when it had the studs and the <laughs> yeah 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 so thank you for being on the show and coming Absolutely. to us from san antonio yeah, i'm glad fun. the weather was good beautiful uh, yep. we did that for Perfect. you. we did Perfect. that
2: for there you valerie before like, yeah. we close the show um, I we just, have a question. Yes, is that good, okay? A question. All right, let me read that for for people. So it says, "What advantage does design build have for an owner? Is it best for a certain type of um, owner?" <clears throat> I'm guessing Carol may be a good uh, okay um, sure. guest for that. Sure. So the question about when is design build? What kind of project would be best for? We used to think that design build was better for real simple projects and it's very interesting because we've Mm. switched that now we've kind of flipped that because what we see is i mentioned uh, city hall is a historical renovation Mm renovation and uh, what is awesome about design build is when it's a complicated project it can have great advantages because that problem solving now you have the designer and the contractor and each Group has a base of experience and understanding on projects. The contractors is a little bit different than the architects, and certainly the architect brings and engineering brings a great deal of information to the contractor. So when they work together collaboratively, it can be it, it can be help expediency. It can help the project get done faster. It can potentially help maybe decrease some costs, Uh, Mm -hmm. not necessarily, but really we look at it more for when does the project need to get done sooner rather than later? Mm -hmm. So I would say if there's any kind of project that you want to get done where time is of the essence, then that would be where you want to look more deeply at design build. Now there's another collaborative project delivery process called construction manager at risk, where you can bring the contractor in early during the design process which can help with that collaboration as well. Mm. Um, but it's not as jointly held as a design build project.
1: Hmm. Anything else from your standpoint, Greg? Yeah, I
3: think really earlier you can get the team involved with the project yeah. and the major subs. I mean, not speaking selfishly, I just think for the health of the project, the ability to, to bring everybody together, collaborate, again, identify the blind spots, identify the hurdles, mm-hmm. address them and get things moving on. Any schedule savings that will help that you can realize from that, it's gonna ultimately help you, mm-hmm. depending on what type of project it is, it's going mm-hmm. to help you earn revenue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on that project faster, whether it be heads in beds or you know, opening the doors and, and moving city employees in and, and right. you know, releasing leases right. around the city. Which is what we're doing at and the it's city all yeah. tied to money. So the faster we can get it done and get moved in, the better. Yeah.
1: So a lot of benefits. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lot of benefits. Great information. Any other comments or questions, Anna? Okay. No, no, not
2: right now. Not right now. But that was awesome. I mean, I, I think there were a lot of interesting um, topics that you covered and that I feel like because you answered them so well, people didn't feel the need to actually <laughs> answer uh, ask you those questions. Um, so that's it. Yeah.
1: And so people can, as I've said to you, you can still comment after the fact, and we'd love to see those comments. I would love to have anyone comment in the section that you can do that on. Uh, if you, if this has, if this kind of a, a show has encouraged you to look into this industry, because as you said, we are fast-growing country, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the construction. Industry, the all the aspects of it. What a great time to get into this!
2: Absolutely. So, if
1: you haven't thought about it, it really is a great industry.
2: Would you echo that? One hundred percent. Absolutely. Especially mechanical side. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, We're growing. We've (laughs) got
3: big goals, so it takes people to hit those goals. So you're really busy.
1: You're yeah. busy. You're hiring. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you hear that? They're hiring. Okay. <laughs> thank you both so much for being yeah, on the show you. today. I appreciate right. it. Thank all you, right. Valerie. It was wonderful. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. And until next time, so we've heard about today. We've talked about uh, the importance of trust. We've talked about collaborative teams. We've talked about working together from the beginning of any project. And these are the kind of things that I do in your companies. So if you're at all interested in how I can help you, Just email me, Valerie at ValerieandCompany.com. I'd love to come in and help you as well. Thank you all. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.
0: Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieandCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.